Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream, where we continue the conversation from Sunday's message at Catalyst Christian Church. Join myself, John Kelly, and Donovan Gregory right now as we take the message a little deeper and a little more personal. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream. My name is John Kelly, and I'm a minister of engagement here at Catalyst Christian Church, and really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. This past Sunday, Dave had a really amazing topic talking about how education plays a role uh, in your child and what part we need to play in that. And so we're going to get to that in a second, but real quick, just a couple announcements. First off, there's a men's breakfast and cleanup October 30th. That's going to be at 8 a.m. here at the church. Uh, As you can hear behind me, it is officially noon in Nicholasville. The bell is going off, so we are ready to run with that. But uh, that breakfast is going to be at 8 a.m. We're going to be cleaning up the property, getting it looking really good around here. Uh, as we get further into the fall. Also, if you're interested in joining a community group, want to invite you to do that. That's one of the best things we do here at Catalyst, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. All you have to do is contact David Kibler at dkibler at catalystchristian.net to find out more about our community groups. Uh, also, if you got nothing going on on Tuesday mornings between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock, there's a group of people out there just hanging out from Catalyst, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. That's Monos Coffee on 2209 Lexington Road. Uh, just outside of Nicholasville, just north of town. Uh, It's an awesome time, and the coffee shop is fantastic, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Now to get into what you're here for, and that's the study today. And uh, so I want to just welcome to our study today, Mr. Donovan Gregory Esquire, the Youth Minister of the Year Award winner. What's up, dude? What's up? There's always some new name you add on to it every week. Well, I got to, man. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Uh, it, your name has to match the the awesomeness in which you are. So, oh, thank, thank you. you know, I'm just trying to make sure that my my uh, titles for you are equal to that. I so, appreciate that. How are you feeling, man? Last week we didn't. At, it was funny. Last week we didn't have a podcast uh, because you weren't feeling so hot. No. Nope. And uh, how are you feeling this week? I'm, I'm much better. Uh, physically, much better. I'm still still tired. Still still recovery. I had a sinus infection. For everyone wondering, um, I was quite miserable for a couple of days, but after that, it was it was fine. Um, but I mean, physically, I'm, I'm I'm better, but I'm tired, and mentally, I'm ready to get into this. Yeah, and uh, it's not COVID. No, no COVID. Negative no testosterone on COVID. That's awesome because yeah. uh, we're we're done with COVID around here. Yeah, there's been enough COVID in our world. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't need more yeah. of that. We definitely don't need any more of that. So let's get into what we're talking about today, and that's who is raising the next generation. Uh, Dave's main thing from this past week is only fools would allow their enemies to educate their children. So, Donovan, my question for you is, uh, what are your thoughts on the main thing? Uh, I just I think it's an interesting take on take uh, interesting way to think about this um, topic, because obviously, Every day there's kids in schools being educated and um, the way he words it, uh, I think is very important because um, when we talk about enemies in church, we're definitely talking about Satan and the, the evil one uh, that lives below us um, who can manipulate anything and everything. So even if they're at school learning, uh, loving school, making good friends, Satan's still able to manipulate that and turn those people who are supposed to be teachers into enemies. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've, I think it's just a fact of understanding that um, 
where where the responsibility of education really falls. Yep. You know, um, the the teacher's job in in the school system should be math, science, English, history, um, but morality and spirituality are not things that are supposed to be taught. Yeah. In that in that environment, and uh, unfortunately, we're at a place right now where there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, false narratives being given to our kids about morality and spirituality. And so it, it makes for a very interesting place to be, I guess you could say. So the problem, we are raising a generation that knows neither God nor what he has done for America. Um, I kind of came up with a phrase that I think describes the issue at hand, and that's generational spiritual decay. In other words, over generations, over time, uh, if the home isn't continually teaching spirituality, continually um, guiding children, then what ends up happening is they eventually lose mm-hmm. that faith. Uh, that's illustrated in, in Judges 2, 10 through 15. I'll just read through that real quick. Um, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and saved the, or served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. And whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. So let's get back to this this theme of, of generational spiritual decay. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I, Rhea, we, we had... We had a conversation in, in our vehicle the other night driving from my mom's house and we talked about just how the Bible only says or the Bible talks in in the Old Testament. We, we read uh, the sins of the father carry on over generations. Mm-hmm. And, and so that means things that we do now can carry on for a long, long time. And so because of that, we both were just kind of talking about what are we doing as parents to make sure that the narrative doesn't go the wrong direction. And I think that parents, we, a lot of times we're so tired. And Donovan, you don't know this now, but I know the day will come when you're going to understand this, you know, but, but we're just tired. Like you, you have long days and mm-hmm. you have to deal with a lot of, of stuff. And in the midst of all of that, um, you're just exhausted at the end of the day. But yet what do your kids need? when you get home from work, they need you. Yep. And, and so a lot of times we get so caught up in, I'm tired and I'm exhausted that we lose sight of the future. I mean, does that make, does that make sense to you? I mean, it makes sense to me because uh, not having children, it still makes sense to me. Um, so just, I loved the fact that I was lucky in um, for some of my schooling years, my mom was my teacher uh, so I, I got to see her quite often, um, but my dad always made it his his best effort to to 
hang out with us, eat dinner with us. We weren't a, always an eat, eat dinner at the family table kind of family. We, we liked to sit on the couch and eat dinner, but he would, he would, you know, if he was tired or had to, you know, he referees football still, but um, back then he, he still did it. He'd get home at midnight on Friday, but he'd be up, you know, early in the morning on Saturday to be at our sporting events or hang out with us or do whatever. So I think that's very important in the growth of a child is being around family. Yeah. Uh, Renee Basham says, yes, so f- sleepy, physically, emotionally, mentally, and easy to say, I'll do it later, but then it's been six years. And yeah. I think it's kind of the thing here is um, it's so easy to get caught up in now, but then what ends up happening is you end up setting things into motion that um, go well past now mm-hmm. and they become the norm. And I think that's, that's kind of something we have to be careful of as, as parents, um, God's answer, this is what Dave said Sunday, God's answer to who is raising the next generation is parents. Um, parents are the primary disciplers and educators in a child's life. Uh, we even read in, uh, in Proverbs 22, six, start off, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Uh, last night I met with my community group and we talked about this whole topic and everything. And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that um, for most of us, we grew up in homes where we were in church all the time. Mm-hmm. Like my dad was a preacher. Another, mm-hmm. another person was a preacher's kid. Another person was an elder's kid. Another person just had a very devout mother. And so they just never missed church. And as a result that built up this, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but just this, this thought process, this culture within us that says, we go to church. Yep. You know, it's, it, it's not an option. It's not something we think about. We just do it because it, it's who we are. And when we raise our children in such a way where, uh, I just realized I'm backwards, aren't I? Yeah. You're inverted. <laughs> I'm not backwards anymore. Look at that. There we go. That's much, better. That on purpose. That's much better. I just realized I'm watching this going, why is elevate backwards? Um, <laughs> But, but one of the things we talked about is that our parents instill things in us that we hang on to. Mm. And if you don't start at it early, you've got a real battle ahead of you. Um, I mean, what are some, what would you say are some, some values that your parents instilled in you, Donovan, at a young age that have kind of carried through even into adulthood? Well, we have the, the typical, we, we went to church every Sunday and tried to attend as many events as possible, uh, that kind of that kind of, you know, basic grow, growing up in the church kind of thing. But uh, a big one for us is like family, just hanging out with family. We're all very close together. So we we do the minor holidays, the major holidays, the vacations together, um, all kind of like my brother just got married last weekend and I was me and my other brother were his groomsmen. Um, so like family is just like hanging out together and being able to converse um, together and respecting one another um, is very important in our family. Like we all don't agree on things, and we're all siblings, so we all have gotten in, you know, yelling matches. We're all very loud. If you've met my family, you know this. Um, but we all respect each Your other. Your family's so, loud. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah, I never, would, I never <laughs> guessed that. <laughs> but like the whole idea of respect and just love, genuine love for one another, is something that's been stuck around, and I'd say oh, my whole family for. Uh, at least our our generation. Yeah, Renee Basham says uh, 
I, I tell people I'm raising adults to be functional members of society, not children. So we're big on long-term solutions and not short-term fixes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, that's a really smart mindset. You're not raising children. You're raising adults. Yep. I mean, if we, if we have this mindset that what we're trying to do is raise children, then that's exactly what we're going to raise. We're going to raise adult sized children. But if we, we've got it in our minds that we're raising adults who are going to be responsible and functional parts of society who are God fearing in a relationship with Christ, um, that changes the whole narrative. Um, the way our kids are raised is just going to be completely different uh, if, if we take on that mentality. Uh, one of the things that I really believe is an issue, um, this is another phrase. I came up with a couple of phrases during this, and, and this was one of them, but it's parental Kelly. spiritual neglect. I believe this is a very real thing <clears throat> in families. And I think it's one of the most unintentional real things in families. In other words, I'm, it's not that I don't believe or that we mm -hmm. don't go to church or that we, we um, believe anything in opposition to the Bible. But we never open a Bible in our church. We don't pray as a family outside of meals. And we never engage in spiritual conversation. Those three things are vital for your children. There are three things that if you're not doing them, it's going to affect your family long term. And I think that's kind of um, that's kind of something a lot of people don't focus on. Uh, what about you, Donovan? I mean, I love hearing about your family. You have such an interesting family. Um, what kind of things spiritually did your family do growing up? Um, we we definitely had conversation, spiritual conversations um, growing up in, in making sure that we were uh, always, we took our beliefs and we took them into whatever extracurricular activity we were doing. So if we were looked at, they would see us and think, oh, he's a Christian based on how we acted and stuff like that. Um, so that, that was a big thing. Um, and we prayed, uh, really we prayed at meals obviously and we pray we didn't pray very often but when we prayed they were they were the big long like everyone kind of prays prayers uh and then we we went to church every every you know we went on mission trips in saul and made sure we did did the kingdom work that needed to be done just so we could see how blessed we are uh as a family as well yeah that's cool i know uh i know for me growing up in a preacher's house uh, I, I was telling my community group last night, we had, we had spiritual conversations. I remember a conversation when I was six years old, um, talking to my dad and asking him why Satan is called an angel mm -hmm. you know, why is, why is Satan called the angel of light? Like I thought he was the devil and, <laughs> and my yeah. dad sat me down and we talked about the fall and talked yeah. about when Satan was one of the angels in heaven and he fell and, and, when everything changed for him. And I, these are conversations I have with my daddy as far as that I can, as far back as I can remember. I don't remember mm -hmm. much before six years old, you know, and part of that's I'm pushing 50. And so it's hard to remember things back when I was that young, but I do remember that conversation. I remember, um, I think it was a Saturday morning and I climbed into bed with my mom and dad <laughs> and my sister climbed in bed. My brother, we're all just laying there mm -hmm. talking and giggling and, you know, doing what families do. And, uh, 
that conversation came up. Yeah. And of course, my brother and sister got bored really fast because they were two and three years younger than me. <laughs> and so yeah. they they walked out, they walked out of the room, but I stayed in there with dad and we just talked about this. So uh it's great. Oh, you're gonna love this. Um <laughs> Renee said your mom was my sp- small group leader when I was a kid. Uh, I've watched your family live out the faith often. It's been an inspiration to my own parenting now. That's really cool, man. I mean, what's that like for you as a, a for you, Donovan, just hearing people talk about your family and your parents having an effect on them? Um, I, I love it, honestly. As much as I make fun of my parents, just because they're so loving and generous, and everybody's always like, "You're but so your much dad like is your easy dad. to make fun of." Yes, and I'm also very easy to make fun of. Like, so. like. I enjoy picking on Charlie, like your dad. Uh, uh, I thoroughly enjoy picking on him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and whenever anybody tells me that I act like my mom or my dad, I'm like, shut up. No, I don't. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to that <laughs> on me. But uh, in all reality, I mean, it's a, it's a huge compliment and it's a huge blessing to have parents who, um, knowing, like, especially as I've gotten older, we've had these conversations more like what um, their lives were like growing up and what. Um, their lives were like when I was growing up. Cause I, unlike you, I don't really remember much till I was about 12. So, um, did you have concussions as a soccer player? Uh, I've had multiple concussions as a soccer player, so that could That'll definitely be a part. Um, but, uh, just hearing these stories, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Like, and then I go back and I think about it and I'm just like, that's awesome to see a comment like that. Um, and I'm sure it makes my mom feel old if she were to see that, but, that's besides the point. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It makes me proud. Um, and it makes me feel like I have not expectations, but I have uh, something to live up to. Yeah. I think I just got an email the other day. Uh, my dad, when he was alive, uh, he did a blog. It was a devotional blog. Mm-hmm. And uh, the website that he did these devotions for is still out there. And I got an email the other day. Someone just sent me an email saying, Hey, I know your dad's not around anymore, but I appreciate him so much. Um, I read his, his devotionals every day and they've affected me greatly in my life. And I think one of the things with parenting that's so important is legacy. I, I does that. I'm you, you know where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. Uh, just this idea that, uh, we have a responsibility, not just to, uh, not just to raise kids, but to give them something to live up to. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that uh, the legacy you leave affects your kids greater than you'll ever know. And, and I look at your parents and I, I look at the legacy, the fact that Renee was just on here saying how your parents have affected her. That's the kind of legacy as parents we should want to leave mm-hmm. to where people who maybe don't have great parents look to their friends' parents as role models, as people to, to want to live up to. Um, I, Mark nine forty two says, uh, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better for them. If a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. I don't want to focus on the fact that he says a large millstone was, was thrown around their neck and they were hung into the sea. I want to focus on the fact he says that would be better. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Everybody focuses on the fact that he's talking about you it's it's as bad as drowning. No, it's not as bad as it's worse than that. It's worse than yeah. You know, and and so that tells me that 
as parents, neglecting our kids spiritually is it's sin. It, it really is. It's sin if we aren't truly raising our kids up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Catalysts were all about discipleship, but the first disciples you make are your family mm-hmm. before anybody else. And so uh, just this, uh, that verse just, I forget when it was I read that. It was years ago and I read it and I always read it and I talked about the millstone and I talked about being thrown into the sea, but then I, I reread it and I went, wait a second, that's better. <laughs> yeah, You know, <laughs> it's like, that's that's not good. And, and that tells me how important children being taught the right way is to God. Mm-hmm. It's vital. It's it's something you can't avoid. It has to be important. And uh, Dave, Dave made a comment in his sermon on Sunday. It's not our job, our children's job to influence schools. I don't know if you if you got a chance to listen. I know you're working in children's on Sunday. Um, but what are your thoughts, what's your thoughts on that? It's not our children's job to influence schools. Um, so I like what he said about it. It's our like it's their job to go to school and to learn uh, to put to put essentially the extra burden of being in the mission field, as he called it, uh, is I, I wouldn't say it's too much for kids, but it would be a very difficult for a lot of kids to um, who are still growing spiritually might not have a firm foundation, uh, might be um, manipulated easily into believing because they, they might not know the answer. And they're like, well, I don't know the answer. So, but um, having parents go in there as teachers and PTA volunteer club leaders, whatever you want to call it um, as, as the leaders would be it's so much better because the, most of the time those parents have a better foundation in might have a little bit more knowledge and stuff that the kids might not know about. Um, it would just be very difficult, especially as someone who was just recently in high school. My junior year is the hardest year of high school because you have all your AP classes and you have all your AP exams and you have like that's when colleges really look at you and stuff like that. It'd be very hard for someone to take on the burden of school uh, for eight hours and then have five hours of homework and then also try and win over their school spiritually it'd be just very mentally and physically challenging for a student to do that. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think what Dave is saying is you don't teach your kids to try and win yeah. their friends to Christ. That's yeah. not what he's saying. And I think there are probably people that misread that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he is saying is that the school is not the responsibility of the kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's the issue. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not that kids shouldn't go win their friends to Christ. It's that, mm-hmm it's not the responsibility of the kids to rescue the school. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the real issue. But I took that statement and I added an extra part to it. It's not our children's job to influence schools, but it is our job as parents to influence our children. Mm-hmm. And I put that in there because I feel like really good people, really good God-fearing people aren't taking that influence serious enough a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I did youth ministry for 11 years. And so I've, I've been there, done that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced youth ministry. And one of the things that I noticed more than anything about the kids that I was dealing with in youth group, wasn't that their parents didn't love them. It wasn't that their parents weren't believers. It was that their parents weren't actively involved in the spiritual well-being of their kids. 
they weren't actively engaged. They weren't getting into conversation. They were literally, uh, they were just good. They, they were what the world would call good parents. Yep. You know, they make sure their kids get to their sports activities. They make sure that uh, the girls are getting there, whatever they need. The guys are getting what they need. They're making sure that there's food on the table. There's a, there's a roof over the head. But the problem is sometimes we get so focused on that, we forget about what really matters. Because uh, when it comes right down to it, this world is a vapor. It's gone. Like, it's not going to be here long. And if all of your investment in your kids is in earthly things, that's not the message you want to send to your kids. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a couple in our in our group last night. I won't say any names, but uh, they made the statement, we are kind of, we kind of want our kids to be countercultural. We want them to be different than everybody else. And we're kind of moving in the direction of, we're kind of okay if our kids are those homeschool dorks. Mm-hmm. You know, like if that means that spiritually they're good and their eternity is secure, then we're okay with that. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about all that, man? Yeah, you're a youth I, minister. <laughs> I think that that whole mentality of the kids being them okay with the kids being dorks, homeschool, whatever uh, you want to call them, is is definitely countercultural because I feel like a lot of parents do take into some consideration. Um, when they make those decisions, like if they want their kids to go to homeschool or private school or public school or do a certain sporting event or do a certain extra, they're like, well, should you really do that? Because uh, in my opinion, it might make you a dork or and I don't want you to be I don't want you to go to college and be the only kid who's never, you know, had a real classroom experience or um, I feel like parents, um, their idea of making sure their kids are uh safe quote-unquote uh, and not made fun of or not looked at differently uh, pro- might get in the way occasionally of the whole making sure their spirituality is is firm and good yeah i, I agree with that i realistically i think we're all i think all of us are well-meaning as parents myself mm-hmm. included. i think we're all well-meaning uh but sometimes we even those of us who are not bleeding hearts, because if anybody knows me, I'm not a bleeding heart. You know, I'm not that guy. But when it comes to my daughter, my son, mm, I might be a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I don't want my kids to get picked on. And I don't want my kids to be yeah. uh, made fun of and all. And, and so those are those are real concerns for parents. But it's why are they being picked on? Mm-hmm. What is it that's that's causing that? I think. We have to be really careful as parents that we don't allow the culture of cool mm-hmm. to enter too far into how we parent. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of parents that just want so badly to fit in and be the best friends with their kids, but that's not what we were asked to do when we had kids. God wanted us to be parents, not their best friends. And parents are more concerned about their well-being than whether or not they're liked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of the big difference is uh, – as a parent, it's not a responsibility to our, for our kid to just think that we're the coolest thing ever and like us more than anybody else. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and truthfully, if you're shooting for that good luck, it's not happening. Uh, but you want your kids to respect you. So a few things that parents need to think about is, am I worthy of respect? Mm-hmm. Am I consistent? If I say I'm going to do something, do I do it? whether it's good or bad, uh, what kind of language am I using in the home? And I'm not just talking about cursing. I mean, yeah, kids don't need to be hearing that from their parents, but 
I'm also talking about what jokes are you telling? Mm-hmm. What, what TV shows are you watching? What music are you listening to? Um, kids for kids to build a foundation means that we as parents have to step up. Um, I would say if you want your children to truly believe in God and be in a relationship with Christ, that's driven by the Holy spirit, you'll have to make sacrifices. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Parents are tired. We're sleepy. We're worn out by the end of the day. But when our kids come home with their homework, we need to be helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have dinner, we need to have dinner as a family. That's one of the things at our house that we're really big on is we have dinner around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we engage in conversation. We talk every Sunday after church. Uh, I talk to my kids about their, their Sunday school classes. And what did they learn? You know, what did Miss Jenny teach you today? <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite one of those was honestly when we talked when they talked about Jonah. Mm-hmm. Because if you could have seen my daughter Ellie telling <laughs> the story of Jonah, it was fantastic. Uh, just talking about him being eaten by a fish, and then <laughs> and then Daddy, the fish threw up, and Jonah came out. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, but just being able to, to hear my kids tell what they're learning um, every day, every day I walk my daughter from school, as long as it's not raining, because we're not walking in the rain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I walk my daughter from school every day. And on that walk, she tells me, you know, this is the letter we're working on today. This is what we're doing here. And I'm starting that now because I know if I don't start it now and it's not part of what we do. When it gets to the time where some of these topics are going to be a little more controversial, mm-hmm. uh, when it gets to a time when she's being taught things that I may not agree with, um, I'm I'm not going to be able to have those conversations because she's just going to see me as wanting to interfere in her life, not yeah. as this is what we do. Yeah. And, and so that's – parents, I, if there's anything I can, I can stress to you, start things early with your kids. Start – uh, start really being involved early. If you're involved early and it's just a fam, this is what your family does. It's a whole lot easier for your kids to do that long term than to start it when they're 12 years old mm-hmm. and they're awkward and going through puberty. And <laughs> all they're and then, thinking is my mom and dad are the uncoolest people in the whole world. You and know, then you ask them a so, question and then they go, Rah. exactly, exactly. Um, it's so important to start early. Uh, Renee Basham says, and they never realize how great those sacrifices are, but I'd do it again and again. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I think I see Ravi in here. <laughs> what is up, Ravi from India? That's awesome. Um, but, you know, it's when you come home, take the time. One of the, one of the reasons why parents get blindsided by what their schools are teaching their kids is because they weren't paying attention from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're talking to your kids and you've got an open dialogue going long term, um, you're finding out this stuff as it's happening. And then when your kid gets to be 14, 15 years old and they're all of a sudden having gender confusion, you're not you're not like, wait, what? Where did you learn this? Because yeah. you've been actively conversing with them. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times parents just ask the typical questions. How was your day? And you know what every kid is going to say? Yeah, it was okay. It was good. good. Okay, it was fine. Yeah. Why are you asking that question? Like, what what happened in lunch today? You know what was what did what did you what was the your favorite thing you learned today? Mm -hmm. Um, And then as they get a little older, 
you can you can take it even further. Okay, mm-hmm. so in history, I know you guys were doing blah 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 blah. blah. What you guys find out about today? Mm-hmm. You know, engaging conversation about their education. Not mm-hmm. only that, but engaging conversation about church. You know, after a Sunday, driving home, talk about the sermon. Don't talk about lunch. Don't talk about sports. Talk about the sermon. Talk about, okay, what would you guys pick up from what Dave said today? Mm-hmm. You know, or Rob, if you're listening from Elevate right now, um, which, by the way, they make really cool shirts. Uh, really cool shirts. But, uh, they do. you know, what, what are you doing to actively communicate with your kids? Uh, best parenting advice I was ever given. This is Renee Basham. Listen to the small things that don't seem important. It may not matter to you if the crayon broke, but in that moment, it's important to them. Listen to the small things. And they'll come with the big things. Listen intentionally because they'll know. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, my little girl sometimes, she'll get upset about the craziest things. And we engage in a conversation basically, uh, basically uh, are your emotions getting a hold of you right now? Mm-hmm. And she'll, <laughs> she'll be like, yes. And I'll be like, okay, they're just emotions. What's wrong? And then we can talk about what's going on yeah. and we can talk about it, but intention, like listen to your kids mm-hmm. again, like what Renee said, it may not be a big deal to you and you can teach them. It's not a big deal and they'll learn from that. But in the moment it's important. So mm-hmm. talk to them about it. Uh, it. It's just so important that communication is something you establish early Uh Again, if you if you don't want schools to take over what you're teaching your children, um, you need to be communicating with your children. It's just vital that that happens. Um, here's another one. Children need to hear spiritual conversation. That means parents need to be in the word of God. And this is one of the sacrifices, parents, that you need to make. If you want your kids to grow and be strong in their faith, you got to do homework. You got homework. You need to be getting in the word. You need to be studying. You need to have a prayer life. Uh, the stronger you are, the further you can lead your kids. But you can't lead people past where you are. And so a lot of times uh, the struggle for kids isn't that they don't want to grow. It's that they don't have parents that can take them there. Mm-hmm. And it's not the job of a youth minister to raise your child. It's yeah. the job of the youth minister to reinforce what should already be happening at home. And – uh that's a little plug for you, by the way, Donovan. <laughs> uh, but but that's that's realistically that's what youth ministry is. Youth ministry yeah. isn't doing the job for you. Youth ministry is supplementing and additionally teaching on top of what parents should already be teaching their kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I know as you continue in youth ministry, I mean you've been in youth ministry what four months? I think so, something like that. Almost four, like that. four something. Um, yeah. Yeah, like four months and you know, you've probably picked up a lot of stuff, but you're still really early in the in, in mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah. And so parents, you're, you're going to find out that if parents aren't teaching at home, you have a harder time teaching the kids in your youth group. Yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, we have an influence on our kids. All you have to do is look at sports teams. You know, it, typically whatever the parents favorite football team or baseball team or basketball team is whatever sports they're most interested in. That's what the kids are going to be interested in. Typically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at uh, Sam Kibler. I think Sam Kibler is an awesome example of this. Sam is an instrumentalist plays multiple instruments. Does that sound like Dave? 
Yeah. <laughs> He's a soccer player. Does that sound like Dave? Yeah. He would much rather be serving in church than attending church. Does that sound like Dave? <laughs> you know, it's your kids emulate what you teach them. And so if you're teaching your kids that, uh, that church is what we do on Sundays and the rest of the week is life. Well, they're going to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it may get to a point where it's like, well, if that's all, it's just Sundays and what's the point and then not do it at all. Like if we're not teaching our kids how important their spirituality is early on. Um, it, it's going to bite us later on. I mean, Donovan, like I said, you've only been doing this for four months, but what are some things you've already noticed? You know, just um, can you tell in youth ministry which kids are probably having conversations at home and which ones aren't? Um, I think so. I definitely probably can tell at least the ones who um, are having major discussions in family and the, compared to the ones who don't have any discussions in family. It's, it's that middle ground that I still struggle with. Is some like some who do, who sort of do and some who sort of don't, but um, I mean, cause those kids are the ones who ask the hardest questions. Um, but they also, uh, have some of the, the best answers to questions as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and in, and those kids are the ones that usually can, can flip the switch of going from being silly and having fun at youth group to being serious and ready to talk about faith and in the Bible and what it means and all that stuff so far. Yeah. And as you get going more into it, you're going to be able to notice things even more. Um, Kids really do emulate the parents. Mm -hmm. They really do. And uh, just knowing you, and I know you hate hearing it, but you really do emulate your dad a lot. Oh, yep. I mean, you do. And I emulate my dad too. You know, it's, it's not like, it's not like this is some shocking statement or some like, You're right. Out of nowhere comment. But I mean, you really do. I mean, you do. And I do. Um, the, the first day I was on stage, Renee told me that I have lots of uh, Charlie Gregory mannerisms when I speak on stage. I was like, thanks <laughs> for that. I believe that. A hundred percent. Hey, we got Dave's in here. Suppose you could get into a time machine. Actually, we're going to get to that in a second. So I'm not going to read it yet, Dave. We're going to get to that comment in just a second. <laughs> you jumped ahead on me, but we are going to read that in a second. He's um, cheating. He's well, he wrote the sermon. It's so. cheating. It's cheating. He wrote the sermon. <laughs> the whole thing's based off of what Dave taught. Um, but uh, yeah, so so spiritual conversations need to happen. Um, and and again, parents, you got to get in the word. You you've got to learn the word. I mean, kids are gonna ask you questions. And yes, it, yes, they can't ask their youth minister and they can't ask their preacher about uh, answers to the Bible, and that's fine. But wouldn't it be better if mom and dad can answer some of those questions? Wouldn't the effect on your kids be even greater if Mm -hmm. mom and dad were the one answering those questions and not always having to go to a minister? Mm -hmm. I think that's going to leave a greater legacy for your kids, and it's going to show just how important it it is because it's important to you. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just – that's huge. Um, Uh, Dave's – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to throw in there, even though I don't have kids – but even when they do ask those questions to not give them like the baby answer, unless it's absolutely needed. So like um, if someone, a kid walks up to you and be like, and is like, well, if God knows everything and like, does he know that I'm about to spin in a circle? 
And he was like, yeah, God knows everything. And then the kid's like, well, then why is he letting, you know, kids starve in Africa or whatever? Um, if you, if you, you know, give baby answers, they're going to push more and more as they grow up. Yeah, you're right. They are. Um, last statement Dave made or last point was that uh, we should fear nothing but losing your children to the world. And I want to read the comment he put on here. That's why I wanted to hold off because he actually kind of moved to that point. Um, but it, this is what Dave said. Suppose you could get into a time machine and go forward 75 years. You find out that not one of your grandchildren, great ch- grandchildren, etc., not one of them is a Christian. Not one of them is following Christ. Not one of them is a member of a church. What would your reaction be? And I think that's a fantastic question to ask. Um, I think that's honestly also one of the hardest questions to ask, um, but yet should be the easiest to answer. Because basically what that would be is a call to arms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't been doing my job, so I need to, I need to step it up. It's kind of what we were talking about. Parents, if you want, to, if you want your kids to grow spiritually, you have to do the work. Um, you have to pour into the word. And I, I think if, if you see that none of your grandchildren or, or children are followers anymore, uh, look here first. I think one of the things that we like to do a lot is we like to point fingers and go, oh, it's, it's this person's fault, it's this person's fault, it's this person's fault. But the truth is, if if we are doing our job, now not everybody will, okay? Let me... Let me preface by saying people are still going to make decisions they're going to make mm-hmm. you can't you can't make your children just choose to do anything uh, when they become adults they're going to choose for themselves but again i come back to the scripture that we brought up earlier um let me come back here don't you love it when you, you get so far into it start children off on the way they should go and even when they're old they will not turn from it proverbs 22 6 you're you're laying a foundation as a parent, you're laying a foundation, and it's so important that um, as parents, we realize that foundation is what's going to stick with our kids long term. It's absolutely what's going to stick with them long term. And so fearing losing our children to this world should be a big deal. Um, the culture of cool right now is far beyond anything I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and there's so many definitions of cool now. Everything has its own crowd. You know what I mean? Um, You've got communities of geeks. I I say that because I probably fit into some of those categories. But, you know, the sci-fi folks, you know, they love their sci-fi movies. They love their their Star Wars, their Star Trek, their Marvel stuff. Um, So much that they go to conferences. Mm -hmm. And they wear costumes. And (laughs) they buy paraphernalia. And all this stuff to celebrate that you've got sports geeks, you know, who love their sports teams of different, different varieties, you know, for you, it's soccer. For me, it's football, American football. And we have our teams that we like and you buy the jerseys and you, you Mm -hmm. pay for the games and you, you know, you do all these things. If as adults, as parents, the, the money we spend the most on the most money we spend on or the things that we spend the most money on are the things that our kids are going to attach themselves to. So if we're telling our kids your sports tournament this weekend is more important than the youth group event in Tennessee, we just made a comment. We just made a statement in that that is 
your sport is more important than youth group stuff. So God takes a backseat to sports. If your kid is in band and band tournaments are more important than church events, again, you're making a statement. And this is probably stepping on toes and people don't want to hear it, but have I ever been bothered by that? Um, uh, you don't care what people think about you. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but it's it's reality. You're making statements with every choice you make as parents. And if, if you're making all your choices based on, well, you made a commitment to this. Well, they made a commitment to Christ. Mm -hmm. And the commitment to Christ is far more important than that commitment to a, a sports team or a league or a club. Those are earthly things. Those youth group events, those uh, church events, those, those things that are of spiritual nature affect them for eternity. They're not going to have soccer balls in heaven. I'm sorry, Donovan. I just don't, I just don't see it in scripture. Amen. I, I know, I know. Dave's gonna be as upset about it as you are. So, <laughs> um, but they're they're not gonna have things like that in heaven. Like you're not taking mm. stuff with you. Mm. It's not like you're, you know, you can't store up treasure on earth. You just can't. Yet, as parents, a lot of times we're teaching our kids that you can, and we're teaching them that things are just sometimes more important than church. Mm -hmm. That's not a good message to be sending to our kids. Um, and as a youth minister, I, I apologize in advance that you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes was, was that kid right? soccer yeah. on Sunday and, or, you know, you traveled to Ohio to play in the tournament. So, yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, are you going to a church service when you're in those towns? Uh, yeah. Usually if we had time, I, if we, if the game wasn't, you know, at, you know, between 10 and 11, we would you try and go to a church service. So, yeah. I, I think the, the biggest thing is I, we're communicating. Everything we do with our kids is a communication. It's teaching them. Everything we do is teaching. How we react when we hit our thumb with a hammer mm -hmm. is teaching. You know, how we prioritize school versus mm -hmm. other things is, is teaching. How we prioritize spiritual things in church teaches our kids something. Mm -hmm. How we prioritize family teaches our kids something. So what are we prioritizing and what are we teaching our kids? I think that's really the biggest thing as parents that we need to be focused on, because if our priorities are out of whack, then if we were to go in that time machine, like Dave said, we'd be in trouble. We'd just be in trouble. Yep. And uh, last point, if they don't know Jesus, no amount of education will matter. What, what do you think about that statement? I mean, it's accurate. If, if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to heaven. So it doesn't matter how smart you are. Or, um, I mean, honestly, you could even go into a Christian's life. It doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible. If you don't truly know Jesus, mm. then what's the point? Yeah. Well, and, and I hope, you know, education is so important. And I think Dave kind of nailed on the head, just kind of as parents, the role we need to be playing in it. But also, when it comes to spiritual education, are we even doing it? Yeah. Because it's, it's one thing to be mad at schools because they're teaching our kids bad things, but are we taking the time as parents to teach our kids the things they need to hear at home? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge thing that we as parents need to take seriously. And I know as a parent, it is – I don't know what it's like for other parents, but the things that keep me up at night are things like this. 
did I go off the handle when I got upset the other day? Did I respond the way I should have? Did my kids see me act in a way that wasn't yeah. reminiscent of Christ? Um, am I, am I being the example I need to be? These are things I care about. You know, these are things that matter to me and, and they're actually the things that bother me if, if I feel like I failed in that area. Yeah. Um, and, and I hope that as parents, that's, that matters to us. I hope it matters to us. Um, because we're gonna, we're raising up a next generation of the church Mm -hmm. and it's important that we take it seriously. So I love the fact that he pointed out homeschool and public or in private school as well. In mm-hmm. that topic of, of education, because I mean, you could go to all the private school you want to, and and you as a parent could be like, oh, they have you know uh, Bible class or whatever class you want to, whatever the fancy name for it is. Um, they're getting a, you know the Bible education every every day, but in all actuality, they're probably just memorizing stuff to get past a test or stuff like yeah. that. So they're not genuinely searching through faith. They might be. There's, I mean, there's always a chance they might be, but um, usually, coming from a, someone who was recently in high school again, in college, sometimes you just, even if you really enjoy a topic, you might just wing it and just look at it and just try and find the answer as fast as possible, not really study the topic. Yeah, it's are we teaching our kids to have a relationship with Christ or no Bible knowledge? Yeah, yeah, those things are important. Very important. Yeah. So, well, thanks everybody for tuning in today. It's about time to start winding things down. Just real quick, just a reminder, we got the men's breakfast and cleanup coming up October 30th at 8 a.m. in the basement here at Catalyst. Uh, that is a free breakfast for anyone uh, who is male, boy, adult, doesn't matter. Come on out. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, and we'd love to have you guys out there, and we're willing to bribe you with breakfast. So come on out for that. Uh, also, if you're interested in joining a community group, like I said before, it is one of the best things we do here at Catalyst. Please contact David Kibler, our senior minister, and uh, let him know that you're interested. His email address is dkibler at catalystchristian.net. And also, if you're not doing anything Tuesday mornings between 7 and 9, come on out to Manos and hang out with us. Uh, there's a group of guys and, and people from Catalyst that hang out every single week, and we'd love to have you come join us. So with that said, thank you for tuning in to the Lunchtime live stream, Donovan. You have a great time across the hall. You too. I'll see you in a little bit. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Lunchtime live stream. If you'd like to watch the live stream as it's happening, go over to youtube.com slash Catalyst Christian and join in on the conversation every Wednesday at noon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Catalyst Lunchtime live stream.